Oh, it is recording now? <laughs> yeah. It's recording? What, yeah. a, what a fantastic intro. <laughs> Welcome to the Nerdtastic 4 podcast. My name is Chris. I'm Rose. I'm Desmond. I'm Kern. And also, I guess, Alex Laneley. Hello. Yeah. Woo! Guest time. Well, you're not also him. He's just also <laughs> on the show. Yes. Well, in addition to... Kern is not two to... people today. We actually have another person. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we have a guest on the show, and we're going to talk about his stuff here in a bit. First, we're going to touch on some current news event items. Current news. Kern, you've got a current event. Why don't you start? I do have a current Kern slash current event. You know, we were discussing the uh, Destiny beta. You know, Chris and I kind of got into a little bit of a discussion about that. Yeah, we did. And, uh, yeah, yeah, we did. <laughs> and so, you know, you know, one of the things was, is like, I'm not locked into it yet. You know, I could still change my mind. Well, today was the day the email came through and my card got officially charged. Uh, so I guess, uh, I, guess I am now. So you didn't <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I am officially happened. locked into Destiny 2, <laughs> and don't, so, which comes out. If, uh, what, I was gonna say, don't forget, say? Bungie has teamed up with Pop Tarts to make sure that your Destiny experience is uh, the best it can be. So be sure to buy a bunch of Pop Tarts. Oh my god! Because that's where we are now, <laughs> games. Finally, the team we've all been oh, waiting man, for. Destiny oh, right. and, and uh, Totino's right. Pizza yeah, Rolls have teamed up with Shadow of Mordor. <laughs> oh my god! That's, that's perfect. I'm that's with that's it. the world we do, live in now. Do the so. Pop Tarts have like overloaded server flavors? Possibly. <laughs> They're, they taste burnt. They taste they're, they're not saying. They're all burnt. Wait to find out. They're all burnt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Oh. Was that... Is, that that's your, just your crazy... Your, your current event was just that you got charged yeah. for Destiny 2. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, Chris, do you have a current event? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> well, we can talk about the other thing briefly that we're going to talk about anyways. The Netflix Death Note movie came out. Yeah. Uh Woo! The day that it came out, all I saw was hate on Twitter, talking about so how it's irreverent of the original, and it took away everything that made the original special. So I went into it expecting to hate it, and I had like a couple of minor problems, but I thought it was awesome. I hope that they make a sequel. Uh, the writer and like the team wants to make a sequel. Uh, and Fuller House got three seasons, so I mean, I think we've got a, pre- <laughs> we got a pretty good chance. <laughs> Oh, that thing was rated fair. horribly, yeah. and then they're like, Ugh. "Season two, yeah. greenlit." Like, well, okay. okay, I guess Netflix can do whatever they want with their money. Uh. The problem isn't that it got bad ratings; it's that enough people watched it to give it ratings. Yeah, that's all that matters. Uh. And with Death Note, so many people want to watch it to see if they hate it themselves that they'll be like, "We can make a second one," because then people will think maybe they did it right this time. Doesn't matter as long as they make money or views. I gotta exactly. say it was the it was the world's okayest movie. Here's the thing: if you think about the scale of <laughs> all of the live action American adaptations of anime, this is way better than Dragon Ball. Well, yeah, but that and bar that's it. Is that's so all I have low. to say. It's a horribly low bar. That's a pretty low bar. <laughs> yeah, this is the Tomb Raider of anime live-action movies. I think the biggest problem is that no matter how much you say it's not going to be the same as the anime, you shouldn't compare it to the anime. It's like impossible not to. Well, yeah. So it's always going to happen. So if you make a story that's worse than the anime, of course people are going to compare it to hot garbage. What I thought was interesting is they could have done like a little bit 
They could have made it a little bit more different to make it better. Yeah. Like, keep Ryuk. Yeah. But then, like, instead of making him Light Turner, like, just make him some other name. It could have just been so a yeah. different chapter than Death Yeah, Day. just imagine it being, it could be a live-action sequel to the anime, yeah. and it would have made more sense totally with the exact right. same story that we got. Yeah, I agree. Also, and then you potentially wouldn't right, have run into the whitewashing issue with right, light. Right, right. You could have just been you're completely like, replacing. You're, you're, you're not re- replacing a, a character. It's just a brand new it's, character. It's a brand new story, which is really where I think they need to go in the direction for this kind of stuff if they're going to do it. Because because by the end, it was a different story. Yeah, it was a different yeah, story. And if you can tear like yourself apart story, from it, it's okay. But. I don't know. It was Here's my problem. Uh-huh. The anime is just okay. It's not groundbreaking, oh, so people need to drop that. It's my, not. My biggest problem with the anime they apparently fixed in the Japanese live-action movie, which is that, like, L dies, and then M is the one that figures out who right. Kira is. And apparently in the Japanese live-action movie, L's just the one that does everything. He doesn't get replaced three-quarters of the way through the I'll series. I'll have to watch that. I haven't seen that one yet. Like... I thought that the guy that played L was awesome. Yeah. I thought uh, he was really good. Yeah, the guy who played L was really yeah. good. I liked him a the lot. The guy that played Light was very meh. <laughs> like, I was like, I don't know who this is. Did he kind of looks like the guy that played Quicksilver in Avengers. No, no. Did you ever yeah. kind of looks like uh, Jake what's Gyllenhaal? Are you afraid of the dark? Yeah. That was his yeah. acting style was yeah. very, are it's you very, yeah. uh, It's like Goosebumps. Uh, Death Note, the Nickelodeon original movie. Oh my right, god! But here's the other thing that we have to remember: this is a made-for-TV movie. Technically, it's mm-hmm. not a theatrical movie. Right. So in that regard, I it's think it's Justin Timberlake. I enjoyed hair. it. I laughed when he screamed like a girl. Oh my oh, that god! That was the best part because he owned the. Camp I like in that cringed so hard. <laughs> ah! It yeah. just didn't stop. It lasted for forever. Anyway, it did last a long time. So th- that's that's <laughs> pretty much. Did you? I, I thought that William Defoe was amazing. Oh yeah, I thought well, he did a great job as Ryu. That was the best thing ever. Oh yeah, that guy, that, that guy is phenomenal. I mean, I think even from the beginning, a lot of like the online fans have kind of rabble roused about this. But the one yeah, thing that they got on board with, like, okay, yeah, 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 he can play. Oh, yeah. Ryuk for my, sure. My only issue with Ryuk was he was he just absolutely delivered, almost only in the shadows the whole movie. Yeah, you never really got a good look at him, which was kind of disappointing. Exactly. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, and that could have been an issue of just like budget, because like you were saying, like so the CGI you, know, is you not guys were saying, great. it's a made-for-TV movie technically. So you know, well, and that's what I was a little bit disappointed about because I was, you know, as with almost every anime that <laughs> becomes a movie, I've never seen the anime, so I'm watching the movie for the very first time, you know, and so I don't really have anything to compare it to totally except for sense. like Speed Racer. <laughs> yeah. And uh, in but, the world, that so, makes sense. I want to point that out. Yeah, absolutely. And so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense, Desmond. This is my moment. Um, but uh, I I felt like it looked like a just the face part, not the whole character, but just the face <laughs> part to me looked like an evil Groot in the shadows, and that's what I didn't. That's what I didn't like about it. I was like, I was expecting. Did you ever see the the deal on Facebook? The little yes. uh, oh, pineapple yeah. apple pin thing that had the character. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I was kind of expecting to see was a little bit more CGI creative type deal, and maybe it was because of budgeting, like you said, and everything like that. But yeah, yeah I was I a little bit disappointed in the in, CGI uh, during for, the credits. If you kept watching yeah. it, it showed Willem Dafoe, 
And he was in like a full costume. Oh, he does the capture. And it made it look like the only CG thing was the face. Yeah. Because like he had all the spikes yes. on his back still. It was just the face. The face. He had like the little red exactly. lights that were right in front of his eyes. Yeah, I think that was the, exactly. the only thing that was actually CGI'd was the face. Yeah, yeah. But, um... Yeah, and that's One what thing I'm talking I would about. That's the only thing I was really disappointed about was Final the Destination. Because all the deaths feel like intricate Final Destination style deaths. It's very but true. that's what they are. No, I know. That's, that's, what, that's what I loved about it. Like, all the deaths, Agreed. I was like, kind of like on the, I was like, how is this going to happen? Appreciate, and then it happens, I did I appreciate like, <laughs> the gore, though. Oh, yeah. No, the, the gore. of gore. Because in my head, I was gnarly. like, I wonder if it'll be gory or if it'll, like, cut away right before no. something happens. No, no. it was full on no, gore. No, no. we're going to show you half a head with the tongue hanging out the bottom. <laughs> yeah. Blood splatter. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, this is, this is. This is true. They went for it. Yeah. yeah. I think the the worst part really is the actor. Yeah. The light L. guy is just light. like. Not L. Light. Yeah. I was like, I don't know where you got this guy from, but him his and his. dad did a put really him back. good job. Him and his frosted oh, yeah. his highlights was need good. to go away. L was really good. Um, obviously, Ryuk was really good. Uh, the Mia girl, was okay. Mia was. Yeah. yeah. She, was good. she, she really, really pulled good off parts. like. Yeah, creepy, dark, weird, dark, dark yeah. crazy chick. Yeah. I mean, the only other girl was the girl from the water boy that was in the craft. I can't remember her funky name. Mm. If if this was yeah if this mm. was oh, yeah. like 1999 that would have been <laughs> that would have been a perfect choice yeah uh, well there's our there's our ten cents yeah I think it's worth watching oh watch yeah it. watch it watch it even if it's just for a laugh even if you love the anime you, and you, you want to see it? how bad it is but it's better than live action Dragon Ball it's better than live action uh, Avatar. Avatar oh yeah it's better I still haven't seen Ghost in the Shell you sh- it's not know. better than Ghost in the Shell Ghost really no. okay. I'd say, I'd say, I'd so, say, oh, you need to see I'd that. I'd say the Ghost in the Shell is a B plus. No, it's not. B minus. So on a scale, yeah. Of- mm. yeah, I was gonna say, let's rate this on a scale of one to ten. I mean, give I give it, it I give it like a six and yeah, a half. I think it's a seven. I what it I give it. I thought it was enjoyable, five. but I didn't think and it was. That's me gross, being nice. Yeah, six, six is right. I mean, like it's a made-for-TV <laughs> movie, and I'm using the same scale. That I use for like the Avengers or Toxic Avenger, like it's not fair. I do think it could have benefited from being longer because there was a lot oh, yeah. of story. It was like an into hour it. and forty minutes. Yeah, I was like, like why? What's with that runtime? Movies time? haven't been an hour and forty minutes since the nineties. Like everything's two and a half, three hours now. <laughs> right, remember when like, what is this was a long Japanese kids? movie? Yeah, it's, yeah. What is this a Japanese movie? <laughs> yeah. What with their condensed storytelling and through plot with developed characters? The guy that played L's friend. Um, the bald Asian guy. Oh yeah, well, he was Atari. really good too. Yeah, yeah, he, was yeah, really he did good. a good job. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, so that's uh, so that's Death Note. Death Note uh, in uh, a shell. What about Rose World? Rose World. I am going to Dragon Con on Wednesday. That's two days from now. Is that where you get conned by a dragon? That is where you get drunk and um, everyone tells up. me that everyone. It is the party con. That. Yeah, the Dragon Con. They're like. <laughs> Dragon Con is all about drinking. That's literally what it is. It's every, a five-day convention. I suddenly want to go to Dragon Con. <laughs> every story you've ever heard about like underwear parties with cosplay always happens at Dragon Con. Every time you hear about fist fights between like Captain America and the Hulk, Dragon Con. <laughs> yep. Anytime somebody gets arrested because they like tried to burn down their hotel room, Dragon Con. Every time people find out dragons are real and die, Dragon, Dragon Con. Dragon Con. It all makes sense. Yep. It's all connected. Um, so what you're saying yeah. is Rose is going to be so wasted you, for four days. I'm going to be wasted for four days. <laughs> Don't listen to this, Mom and Dad. Of those days. All of them. 
Oh, and do you yeah. have a different costume or just one? I costume? have, um, so I'm bringing the ones I know for sure I'm bringing. I have my Hufflepuff uniform, which mm-hmm. is like the easy thing. Yeah. I got my Ant Man. Okay. Awesome. I've got my Vulpix costume that Megan and I wore to right. uh, Akon. So, so we're so wearing that. My suggestion is just like you should start with the most complex and work your way down that way as the drunkness gets on. No, I'm doing it's Saturday. Easier. I'm doing the hardest one on Saturday. Here's how you oh, get the man. attention. Just wear parts of different costumes and be like, <laughs> I'm, I'm Vulpman, Antpix. Antpix. Yeah. I'm Vulpix from House Gryffindor. <laughs> yeah. I mean, those those combined crossplays do get a lot of attention. It's so like true. If you, if you can just wear parts of different ones, you might. It might work out. Yeah. I mean, one yeah. of my favorite cosplays was Saiyan Moon, the dude that was... Dragon Ball and a Oh yeah. I do want to give a shout out to a couple of our people um, that could not cannot make it to Dragon Con. They were coming to our they were going to stay with us in our hotel. We have three people who had to drop out because they're stuck in Houston. Oh man. So our hearts go out to you and I'm really sorry cuz that sucks. I know. I was I was really worried about Colt 45, our fellow nerd podcast mafia members cuz they're in Houston. And then uh, John, who was on there, posted a picture of himself floating in the flood water. So I guess everything's... Oh, God. He's alive. It's flooding, but he's alive, so oh, it's okay. He was like flood selfie, just laying in the yeah. water. Like, well, there you go. Yeah, watching the news about that last night. is Like, that's all the news was about, was just different stories around Houston instead of there just being one story it's about it. It's pretty bad. Yeah. And it's not going to stop anytime soon. Nope. Like, we don't know when this podcast is going to come out, but it's probably still going to be pretty bad then. So, yeah. Uh, do y'all happen to know what the Red Cross text is that we can shout out real quick? I can't remember what it is. No, but we will get it before the end of the podcast. <sighs> yes. Yeah. Desmond, do you have any any current that events? Too. Uh, the only thing I can say is we if you go check link. out the first show of year four of Soul Wizard Podcast, I'm on it. Woo! Because they called me last week and said, we need somebody on short notice. And I said, that sounds like me. Great. Good job. <laughs> so we also talked about Dragon Con because Mark from there is going. Yeah. And then we talked about the mess that is the DCU and uh, all the news that came out on it. Yeah. So we're not going to talk about that news, but uh, as you guys know, we have multiple Jokers now. Uh, Batman is not <laughs> in, but Harley and the Joker is in the continuum. No, no. And the Joker origin is also probably not in continuum, so we don't know. No, and then Batman is in the uh, canon. Apparently, there was an interview where he said it's not, and then the very next day he said, "Oh, but I meant it is. I just meant that it's not going to have anything to do with the rest of it." But there's it's also in that universe, but it won't not, like have a cameo or whatever. But there's also the question of whether or not Ben Affleck's in it. Yeah, we still oh know Ben Affleck's going to be in it. <laughs> so there's there's Whew. a lot going. We talked about all of that though. That's it. What a so, mess! Yeah. What a hot yeah, mess! Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we shall move on. Yeah, that's it. That's our so current events. We have we have one big thing now. What's the one big thing? Our guest. Guest! Yeah, I thought you were... uh, Yeah, okay. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Gee, I wonder what it could be. This guest that we have. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Alex. Um, My name's Alex Langley, at Rocket Llama on Twitter. I'm a writer. I mostly write a combination. I write young adult books, and I also do geeky slash humor books um and so my the books i've got so far at the moment i've got the geek handbook series which these are books that kind of like give a humorous look on trying to live your life the geeky way so in these books i talk about like 
how to pick a house that will defend against zombie attacks and, you know, some stuff like that. But then I also try to mix in legitimate advice that maybe 12 or 13 year old Alex could have really benefited from stuff about like social interaction and, you know, getting to know yourself and feel more comfortable and that kind of thing. Um, so that's what I talk about in the Geek Handbook books. I have another book called Geek Lust, which I will argue to the end of time was a little <laughs> ill-named because it sounds Geek like Geek Love is one of my favorite books. But so it's about the, the, Geek Lust. It's, it's probably about, just like now. Yeah. Geek Lust, yes. The, yeah, the, <laughs> the world of publishing, not everything is completely in your hands, kiddos. So, you know. Um, as, as much as I love my publisher, I was like, guys, it, it sounds far sexier than this book is. But so, yeah, the book is about uh, all the things that we geeks lust after, the things that we're passionate about. So I talk about basically just a lot of the the best like geeky movies and TV shows and kind of what it is that makes all these different things um, continue to resonate with new audiences. Um, so I've got those books. I had co-authored a book called the 100 greatest graphic novels where I talk about the, where I co-talk about the 100 greatest graphic novels. I have a graphic novel myself called kill the freshman, which is a young adult story. It's very like action packed. I like to describe it as kind of like me. Yeah, I looked into it. It looked pretty, it was pretty cool. Stop trying to be Uh, And then, Thanks. Yeah, it it. Are I'm gonna, I'm gonna intervene a little bit before we get too far. I I read that and I did a a uh, review. It's got it's got pictures. It's got pictures. <laughs> graphic yeah. novel. He said that counts as reading. Um, so um, I did a I did a review on it uh, for Nerdspan, and uh, I really enjoyed the uh, I really enjoyed it. I mean, Thanks. and that's a great description of what you said. Uh, uh, on how you described it, uh, like Mean Girls versus Dragon Ball Z, because uh, the way I described it in the review was that, you know, a lot of freshmen go into high school worried about going into high school because they hear all the stories of, like, you're gonna, if you get caught in the bathroom by the seniors, they're going to give you a swirly, or if you're going to get caught in the courtyard, you're going you're gonna to get taped to the flagpole in your underwear. Whatever, whatever the stories are, you hear all these stories, whether they're true or not, everybody makes them sound like they're true. And so... So yeah, and so when I described the the review, it's like you know um, I forgot what the main character's uh, name was. Uh, Vi. L- Vi, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was like, Vi's just trying to figure out how to survive, you know, high school. And then I go into like when I mean survive, I mean literally, because that was the twist of the whole thing was uh, was how they uh, gain powers. So it's basically a high school for you guys that haven't read it. If you want to read it, it's a high school basically for what is it like superhumans yeah, type kind deal? Of, exactly. Yeah. yeah, they like uh, the upperclassmen sort of hunt the underclassmen, and whenever they kill one, they they gain strength and power from it, Highlander style. So like the the upperclassmen are literally preying on the the freshmen as they come in. So it's the it's a really like hyper exaggerated version of what you were talking about with like the swirlies and the oh the swimming pools on the roof. Ha 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 that kind of stuff. Right. Right. Yeah, I thought it was a great read. Thanks. Thanks. And I think it's great great too uh, and what I said in there is it's great for like young adults and even though it talks about, you know, you're they're going after the other uh underclassmen and they're destroying destroying them technically. It's not graphic in a sense to where like 
I don't feel like a parent should be concerned about right. their, yeah. their kid it's, reading that and seeing blood and gore because it's, that's not in there. Right. I mean, it's the the conceit has some darkness to it, but it's depicted in we tried to depict it in the most uh, light kind of way. So again, like the for the Dragon Ball Z comparison, like it's it is. I wouldn't even say it gets. It looks really dark interesting. I'm gonna have to. You would see on Dragon Ball Z. I have to Z, get so. a copy and look into it. It looked really good. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, check it out. I I'm very proud of the work. I worked with some great artists. Uh, my friends Marco Head and Greg Fisher. And uh, Ryan Sig, who I don't know in person, but whose work I admired online, and I, I brought them on board and was like, "Hey, can you, you know, help flesh this out?" And they were like, "Sure." So we had a, a real nice team, and also my brother helped uh, quite a bit. I have a lot. Yeah, of, I saw that in there. Yeah, I have a lot of. He helped with some of the. Was it the background colors that he helped with, or? Uh, so my brother, he, his work was primarily layouts. He would. Oh, okay. We, I'd write everything, and then. I would do my own very poor man's kind of layout and then he would apply his artist eye because he has a degree in art. So he would apply an actual artist eye to it and then, you know, make it look good. And then the rest of the team would kind of move it along the assembly line. So spoiler alert for anybody that hasn't read this yet. um, Vi appears to survive. So is there going to be a kill the sophomore Type no, deal I, coming out. I absolutely uh, want to continue doing uh, Kill the Freshman stories. My my plan is to do two more volumes of Kill the Freshman, and then have additional stories for sophomore, junior, and senior year. And I've got a whole lot of writing done for it. But uh, graphic novels, as I found out, are particularly complicated to do if you yourself are not a writer slash artist. Right. Um. So. It's, it, you know, my, my hope is that there may be a gap between this first Kill the Freshman and some subsequent chapters, but we're, we're fishing around trying to figure out how to get it done in the best way possible. Uh, we kickstarted this one, which worked out quite nicely, but it was also, it was, it was tough, but I, I love the story so much that I was just like, I don't care how tough it is, just whatever I can do to get it off the ground, I'm going to do it. So, so did you actually do it on Kickstarter? Is that what you did? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, well, mostly. I mean, uh, the the Kickstarter funded a large portion of it, and the the only reason I really, honestly, the only reason I was able to do it is because my friends were willing to accept far less pay than their great talents and generosity deserved. So, um, yeah, the Kickstarter is why I was able to do it. It still also required me doing lots of topless hey, car washes to get the coinage to, to do it. Gotta do what you gotta do, Shake man. Shake those money makers. Yep. Yeah. Shake that money maker. Oh, I did. Believe me. Woo! Well, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, if you do another Kickstarter, there'll be some fans like myself that are wanting to read the next I don't know, version and just chip in on that. And hopefully you'll have a little bit more of a, of a, of a success as far as a crowdfunding. <laughs> All I said was that the guy doesn't die at the end. I didn't spoil it, I mean, dude. I feel like that's a big deal. Oh, okay. Oh, um, what's interesting to me is like, actually I always want to get into graphic guy. novels, yeah. but like the problem is like all the familiar stuff. Like if I wanted to start reading even like wherever Batman or something is, is it like, I don't know where to, there's not a good place to start because there's so many different things. And like, I don't know when the beginning is. So that, that kind of gets into 
a discussion that my co-author Katrina Hill and I had with 100 Greatest Graphic Novels because it was like, what constitutes a graphic novel? Because like some people would say that just a collection of like issues 492 to 496 of Batman or Detective Comics, like that that would be a graphic novel. And so we had to kind of figure out like graphic novel versus comic collection. And so what we decided on was like a graphic novel is something that tells a complete story. So uh, a, a true graphic novel would hopefully be something that would go against your worry about being caught up on the current Batman or Harley Quinn or Spider-Man or whatever, because it would be something that tells a real clean, complete story. Like if you read Alan Moore's The Killing Joke, you right. don't need to know yeah, what's going on in Batman at that particular moment because it's a self-contained right. story. Yeah. Definitely makes it appealing. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Um, so what? I I, I kind of interrupted your flow there a little bit with asking about the Kill the Freshman. What 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 else do you have going on? Oh, so um, I've got another young oh. adult thing that I can't talk about right now. It's a little in the the hush hush zone, um, but that will hopefully see the light of day relatively soon. But beyond that, the main thing that I'm working on right this second is I have a book coming out called Make a Nerdy Living. Um, And so Make a Nerdy Living, I talk about ways of making a living that these new nerdy ways of making a living that thanks to the internet and other such things that we're able to do. So I cover things like trying to be a professional streamer or YouTuber or podcaster or blogger, stuff like that. Um, I have chapters on professional cosplay. Um, I have chapters on crafting nerdy items (coughs) because through my years of working as a writer in the geek world and a blogger and doing a lot of work at conventions, I have met a lot of awesome people who very happily are letting me interview them and kind of pick their brains about their different uh, fantastic careers. People who maybe they, there's one guy who goes by the pumpkin geek and he crafts (laughs) these incredible works of geeky art on pumpkins. It's interesting. He makes a living doing that. It's interesting to me because like like that, you you know, know, 20 or 30 years ago, if you ask a kid what he wants to be when he grows up, it's all the, well, you know, I want to be a policeman, I want to be a firefighter, I want to be a doctor. But now, sometimes if you ask a kid what they want to be when they grow up, they might say, I want to play Minecraft on Twitch. Or I want to, I want to, I want to be a YouTuber. And, like, that's that's a career that, like, kids are already, yeah. like, wanting to get into when they get yeah, older. Yeah, I want to be a YouTuber. Yeah, I have a friend whose kids are roughly, I think, 10 <laughs> and one of the things they'll do when they play is they'll kind of set things up and they'll oh pretend like goodness. they're talking to a camera, kind of funny. like they're That's doing great. an unboxing video it's or something like they play YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm wanting to, I, I've got a nephew that's like seven years old, just started first grade and today actually. And I want to put that kid on a green screen and just like for entertainment value, because he plays uh, overwatch. Oh yeah. And, and first of all, he's, he's, unbelievably good i'm just like i'm watching this kid and i'm just like these guys have no idea they're getting their asses handed to him by a freaking seven-year-old and the other thing is is he sits he doesn't actually sit in front of the tv he stands and i mean you talk about like 
you know, kids should go out and, and play for an hour today, get exercise. This dude, he sits there playing and he's jumping up and down as he's getting into action. He's jumping up and down and he's like bouncing back and forth. It's like a whole cardio workout for this kid while he's playing. <laughs> and, and then he loves like repeating, you know, uh, whoever, whatever character, you know, it is, you know, and he does the whole voice thing and repeats it, you know, what they're saying and everything. And it's just hilarious. And I'm just like, he's so flipping cute. I mean, like, I, I would watch it just because I think he's so cute and it's funny watching him play. I mean, I've recorded him a couple of times, but you know, I don't know. Maybe other people wouldn't think that. And that's, that's kind of the risk. You know, you think I'm going to put out a video and instantly overnight, I'm going to be a YouTube sensation, but not everybody's going to think that you're as funny as you do or as comical as you, you know, think you are. And so a lot of those guys that are like, like say, you know, Throw out the name Logan Paul, for instance, who just reached <laughs> over 10 million, you know, subscribers in less than a year. You know, I mean, yeah. Yeah. He, <laughs> yeah. Was like, I, he really does. Yeah, he looks like the bad guy in every oh, movie I've ever seen. Right? And so, yeah. right? Yeah. But people, but people see him and they think they're going to make one or two videos and become yeah. as big as him when he's been, thing, like, been doing this. I mean, how many videos did he put out that nobody watched right. for the longest time? Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I was just yeah, using yeah. him as an example, he's not kid, because I just think he's, he's a sensation that, that I love. Him. Him I was just using oh, him as an example because he's he is pretty much one of the top camera. vloggers right now. But it's that's all it takes. No. Right. Well, you you know what I'm really waiting on that. You know, now that now that we brought it up, or I brought it up actually, I'm really waiting. I'm really waiting on Peta to get all over his ass because he keeps breaking dishes and shit around his bird and his dog, waiting for a chip of a freaking dish to hit the dog or something and hurt it. I'm just really so, waiting so, on Peta to get all so over him for like you know instead of child endangerment, of an yeah, it's animal endangerment. <laughs> I'm waiting on. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for Ralph Macchio to find his accent. He was him. a Vine guy when Vine was a thing, and then he. Well, yeah. just imagine, yeah, just imagine a a blonde douchebag that you. In fact, the the Germans have a wonderful term, and I'm going to butcher the pronunciation because I don't speak German, but it's roughly pronounced backfeitengesicht, yes. which is <laughs> I, translates I into that a face badly in need of a fist. That guy. <laughs> it's a face that looks yeah. like he's that Okay, um, Chris is showing me a picture. Sure. <laughs> yeah, he looks like the guy uh, who played Light on freaking Death Note. No, no, no. He looks yeah. like a clone of Ivan Drago. It's all right. But, like, whenever you're. Whenever oh, these, no, no. I mean, no, the people no. I know who have made it on YouTube have made it because they're doing things constantly. Like, they have videos that Consistent- come out every yeah. single day. Consistency is a big part of it, yeah, for sure. That's a yeah, lot of work too. I know nobody that can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with when with so many of these different with these different uh, careers like blogging and YouTubing and streaming, like they require you to work your ass off for a long time with no promise yeah. that yeah. you're going to have any kind of like return on your investment anytime in the near future. Um, and it's like they're they're great and they are super fun jobs, but it's also because there's no. You can't go to college for four years and get a degree in yeah. YouTube and then just nicely get a job doing the YouTube channel you want. Like it, it it's an odd career path. They all are. And that's part of the reason that I, I wanted to do this book is because now it's it's an odd career path, but it's also established. So there are a lot of people out there 
that the next generation of bloggers or streamers or professional cosplayers, they can kind of pick the brains of the people who are already doing it professionally and learn from them. And I think, you know, this is this is kind of sad because my kid kind of falls into the the whole thing of watching, you know, the different vlogs. And that's the reason why you I know block that. Block that because yeah, you he watches his vlog. He watches like, all these other, other people's parenting because I'm I mean, not a parent. He's, he's, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's all over the place. Right. But the thing is, is that one of the main reasons why he watches it is because like uh, on some of the episodes, they talk about like, oh, they're about to buy a Lamborghini or they're, they're driving their GTR or all that stuff. And it's like, so they're just really interested in watching the cool, like all the cool things that these guys have. And they flash around, you know, on, on a level, yeah, because that's all I hear is like, game. Logan it Paul's buying a Lambo. Show. I'm like, I don't really care. <laughs> I was like, yeah. you, you know, well, yeah, I, I could care less. I said, if Logan Paul, if Logan Paul said on his vlog, Right. Tomorrow I'm going and buying a Lambo, and the first person I'm giving a ride is Kern the Nerd. Then I might give a shit, but th- but that's not going to happen. So I don't really care, and yeah. and that's exactly what I told him. I mean, I didn't say give a shit, but I said I don't care. And so you know, but I think a lot of them are fascinated just with that that yeah. that whole like they're just like oh I'm going to be a YouTuber and I'm going to get a Lambo and I'm going to you know and that's where some of our 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 youth is there is kind of in that easy path mode. Well, it's the same, you know? same reason that people <laughs> yeah. in the 80s watched the lifestyles of the rich and famous down. with Robin. Right. That's because you watch no, the right? same show because that your son's watching now and you're judging him. <laughs> I know who Robin Leach is. It's like, well, they were total douchebags. Everyone in the 80s is a no, douchebag. I didn't because they weren't douchebags. They were just showing the house. <laughs> in fact, everyone in the 80s was a douche. They were just showing the house. Wind, like windbreaker suits that we wore as uh, clothes. Uh, it was not a good time period for us as a people. <laughs> well, what's interesting to me about uh, specifically YouTube, like I know YouTube isn't just comedy, but like a big part of if you want to do Let's Plays, or uh, most content is kind of geared towards being funny. Right. And what what it makes me think of is like, uh, comedians pursuing stand-up careers. Mm-hmm. Like, you kind of have to just devote a lot of time to it, and you might get a, get to perform at some bar and make $20, and then that's all you get to do for six months. Yeah. Is that one time. But, like, you just have to keep at it. It's the consistency. It's a long time without yeah. any promise of a real payoff. Like and then... The, then suddenly you're on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Because, like... <laughs> With uh, just like with YouTube, like if a video goes viral, that might be the ticket to being a big deal. Just like with stand-up, like you get one really good show that like Seinfeld happens to be in the back and hears you, then all of a sudden you might get a career out of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's. I mean, it's the same thing that actors have been struggling with ever since film was invented because. I mean, a lot of people will jokingly call Los Angeles the city of broken dreams because so many people go there to become famous actors, but very few of them even make it to the level of being a working actor where all they do is act. Right. Um, but it's we're fortunate in that the with the age of the internet, so many of these different odd fun careers like being a YouTuber that we uh, as creators are so much more empowered. Like if an actor is like, man, I want to act my ass off, they have so many other people that kind of control their fate. But through YouTube or streaming or whatever, you are almost entirely in control of your own fate. It is determined by how much you're willing to work and be smart about how you work and kind of figure out how to 
hit trends in the right way so that it's not cloying, but at the same time, it can help boost your popularity and work hard without working yourself to death and all those kinds of things. So it's it's been really fascinating to watch this new wave of careers come forth from the internet. Right. So is there a chapter in there about uh, writing about geek stuff and nerd stuff? Because that's well, obviously I, what so you So I have a do. chapter, I will have a chapter on writing in general, because I mean, okay. in addition to writing the, you know, the geek stuff, I also write fiction. So it's, it's more broad for people who want to just write in general. And that one is divided differently from the chapter that's on blogging, because blogging versus writing books, like they are interrelated, but they're kind of kissing cousins, like they're not entirely the same thing. So Right. And and speaking of writing, I, and I know you do quite a few panels because uh, I was at SDCC a few years ago. I can't remember how long ago. I think it was like three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. And you were doing a panel on writing. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and I remember, I can't remember if it was you. I think Katrina was on that panel as well. I can't remember. But um, uh, one of the things that you guys were saying is just write. Yes. Always write. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's what it is. It doesn't matter if it turns into something. Just always be writing something. Yeah, that, I mean that is my that is the advice that I give people all the time because I when I tell people that I'm a writer, uh, something that I hear very frequently is somebody who's like, "Oh, I want to be a writer too," but it's like the the difference between people who want to be a writer and the people who are writers is that writers write and they write all the time and even I mean I I write tons of garbage, tons of stuff that I would be ashamed if it saw the light of day because I'm like, this is. <laughs> This is stupid. Right. I didn't know how to end exercise. the scene, so I just had everybody shoot their pants. I just don't know what I'm yeah, doing it's just, here. It's just exercising uh, the craft, and you do anything exactly, is exactly. better than nothing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Because either when you write, you're either going to write something that you like and that you can use, or you're going to write something that is not good enough to be used, but it will still teach you that, okay, that's not something that I want to use. So it's still a learning experience there. So how brutally honest are are the – now, I don't know because me, when I write something, I always kind of want to get a little bit of feedback on it. Mm-hmm. And like some of the people around me, it seems like they're just like – they want to be very encouraging. Right. So they don't want to like be like, oh, that's total dog shit. Right. They don't – you know, they don't want to say that. So, I mean, do you, do you have a, a good core group that you kind of bounce stuff off of and that is pretty brutally honest with you? Yeah. Or I, do you just – I absolutely do. I'm very fortunate in that I found this group of brilliant, beautiful weirdos that uh, has a writer's critique group that I've been a member of for years. Um, And we are all very honest with each other and very forthcoming without being dream crushing at all. Everybody's very encouraging, um, but still while letting everyone know like, okay, like you can do better than this. This doesn't make sense here. These similes are garbage, that kind of thing. So. Right. I recommend everybody who wants to be a writer to find a good writer's critique group. Because, like, while you can get some feedback from your non-writer friends, from your your spouse or your boyfriend or girlfriend or your mom or dad or something, that's not going to be nearly as useful as the feedback that you will get from people who are professionals working to hone their craft. Right. Right. And I, I love collaboration because I feel like, I mean, even if it's not on a collaborative level, but I feel like when you collaborate with somebody, like if you decide you're going to collaborate, there's so much that can come out of that just from ideas that bounce back and forth that somebody has this minor little thought 
and then somebody else gets a bigger thought and somebody else gets a bigger thought and the next thing you know it turned it potentially could turn into something epic absolutely i mean so many of our greatest pieces of art and most fun bits of pop culture have come from collaboration if you look at ghostbusters like that film is a perfect storm of collaboration because if you remove any one person any one element from it and it, the whole thing is so much weaker overall i mean even though like a lot of the a lot of what people are going to remember is going to be Bill Murray because he's playing the the sort of main character of the film. Uh, it's still an ensemble in that right. everybody right. has their part and plays it perfectly it and contributes to making the film stronger. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So then it's just every all the factors. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. No, it is. exactly yeah. Dan Aykroyd came up with it. Uh, Harold Ramis. Oh, he's crazy. Harold Ramis helps Have write it and helps reel in Dan Aykroyd. Kind of crazy ideas about aliens, ghosts, aliens, conspiracies. You know this. So, see, you've done you've done panels at San Diego Comic Con. What's that like? Because we did a panel at like our little dinky hometown and there were like ten people. What's it like doing? Okay, there were eleven people. (laughs) But what's it like doing a huge convention like that? (laughs) (laughs) They, you know, they are. They're rad. If you've got a good team of people to do a panel with, it's an absolute blast because the energy that you can get from having a really big, really good crowd, there there's just there's nothing quite like it. Um, but and really like I've done lots of panels at smaller conventions, panels at, you know, places as large as San Diego Comic Con. And the main difference I find is uh, the sound. Because at the big panels, you will hear your own speech bounce back at you because the rooms are so big that they echo off the back wall. But in the small rooms, that doesn't happen as much. So I, I just try not to focus on like, oh, okay, there, there, there's so many people in here listening to what I'm saying. Don't make it stupid. Then. It's getting stupid because I'm getting in my own head. Oh, my God. So, you know. It sounds like it would be fun. Um, no, they're, they're, they're really fun. Now, that's awesome. Right, right. Uh, so what what what's your what's your thoughts on podcasting since we're on a podcast? What's your what's your advice on that? For you know, because you were talking about the uh, and, and Chris even touch base. You know, you work and you work and you work and you do stuff t- with with no expectation or of pay or or at least maybe an expectation that maybe someday you might be able to make a living doing something similar to this. And I don't think any of us uh, on the team ever said, oh, we're going to start a podcast and we're going to be rich. Right. Uh, and so we've been doing this now for uh, a little over a year and a half. And so, I mean, what what's your advice on on all that as far as like, if somebody's going to going to start a podcast and then, you know, obviously you need to keep doing episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that is my first piece of advice is to stick with it because one of the one of the best ways to become a successful podcaster or blogger or YouTuber is to simply outlast the other people who want to do it, but they, for whatever reason, maybe life gets in the way, maybe they just don't have the motivation to stick with it for a long time. Uh, the other people who fall away and you are there and you've been at it longer and so you've got more episodes you've accumulated more fans and you just kind of can continue to gain momentum i mean it can take a long time it can take years for this kind of thing to build up but that that's my first piece of advice uh my second is uh as we were talking about before collaborate you know bring on other people perhaps do you know, do you know anybody we can contact you about yourself <laughs> to cross promote everybody and just kind of collaborate okay, uh, okay cool 
I'll think, you know, I'll, I'll try and tweet you guys about it if I think of one. None come to me off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, collaborate with other people, uh, help cross promote each other. Cause the, the great thing about these new internet careers is that I feel they're not competitive in the way that, you know, Don Draper on Mad Men, the advertising industry was back in the sixties. Like the, there is an almost unlimited hungry audience that yearns to be entertained through the internet. So it's not people competing with each other the way that it used to be. So working together and kind of collaborating with other podcasters and that kind of thing is a really great way of just making a stronger community and also making better content for your own. And uh, also the thing that I tell everybody, no matter what they do, is to always try to improve what you're doing. Just always be hungry to improve your craft, whatever it may be. Because a lot of people will find maybe some a, a middling amount of success and they'll kind of settle into a groove and, you know, not work as hard at improving what they're doing and, you know, uh, not to slight the author of this webcomic, but there was a, a comic called Dominic Deegan, which was about a, it was like a fantasy world. And the guy who did it, I think he did it for near, like approximately a decade. And he found a nice chunk of success at it. But once he kind of settled into a groove, you can see where the writing sort of stagnated. The art became very, very similar. And his fan base similarly stagnated. Um, and this was a webcomic that I think got started in like 2002 or three. So he could have been looking at penny arcade levels of success if he had just continued to work his ass off to become better and better. Right. Right. Um, and I think, I, I sorry, I, I I think for us, that was one of the things you talked about, like bringing on guests, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and everything. And, and ironically or not ironically, coincidentally enough, um, at the end of 2016, because we, we basically started started kicking this off uh, around the first part of 2016. And so at the end of 2016, well, that was one of the things we all sat down and we said, so what do we what do we think about for like 2017? And I don't remember if it was Desmond or who, but uh, it was like more guests. Let's have more guests on the show. Mm -hmm. And so we, we've, we've tried to do that. And I think this year we've had like, uh, and I don't, I don't know how many guests we've had. We've had uh, probably a good six six guests or something like that. I mean, not a, not a lot, but um, but we have been trying right. to yeah, try yeah. to do that. You know, try to improve. We had so we're not we had, just we had quite a talk, few It's not just us talking people. seemingly about the same thing over and over and over. Right, again. exactly. We had uh, yeah, we had Ivan girl. Ivan Van Norman, uh, Julia Ling. Uh, who else do we have? I know we had more than that. We got. Alex. Oh, Golden yeah. Lasso Girl, yeah. Um, uh, Kimmy, uh, I forget what her last name is. Yeah. Um, I made it to one of those. I feel, some I feel of these people, you, had, you might actually. Well, and we've, we've also got our, we also have our, our nerd mafia. Yeah. Alex. A nerd, yeah. nerd. And then uh, you've been on the Wiz So Wizard. Well, I did that this time, but I think before then, like, I've been on, last year, I ended up on We had another shows. team, That's another it. team yeah. player. I'm kind of busy because I do two shows. So, so I think that'll be basically almost jokes. a similar conversation no, that we'll have at the end of this year. Is like, how, how are we going to up more our game soundboard. for the next year? Can, can I ask you a question, though? Because uh, I've been wanting to ask it, and Kern keeps jumping me. So, not, 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 no, no, not like that. That came out wrong. I just mean, like, every time I open my God, mouth, Kern. every time I open my mouth, I'm like, S and it's like, Kern's asked question, like, damn it. Uh, so, you looked at all these nerdy 
you know, industries, <laughs> all these jobs, all these markets, all. Is there one that you saw yourself as an earth that you're like, I wish I had gotten into that one because I could have really enjoyed it? Or maybe one that you're like, if I ever have free time again in my life, I'll do it. Um, so looking at most of them, I definitely look at them and I'm like, I could, I could totally have fun doing that. I could, uh, see myself having a blast doing YouTube or, uh, podcasting, things like that. But honestly, like I, I'm very, very happy with what I'm doing. I, I'm writing all over the place and I just, I love to write. So I feel so unbelievably happy and fortunate that I am able to write and that That's somebody really awesome, though, gives that you're me getting to do something money that you to really do so, to. so that I can afford to keep the yeah, lights I mean, on and keep really the power on That's my the laptop thing. It's, like you, it's, it's like, I love doing all this stuff, but damn, it sure would be nice I didn't have to do that other job that, <laughs> well, that pays goes, my money, that pays my bills. It pays for this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and like that's something that I hear a lot of, uh, of artists <laughs> right. face where a lot of people exactly. are like, well, drawing is yeah. fun, so you don't you feel like you're being greedy to get paid? And it's like, no, I mean, I have to eat too, you know? Yeah. Right. So at what point, that being said, uh, you know, I've got like a couple of questions uh, that, that kind of tie in. So the first would be, uh, you know, at what point, at what age did you kind of decide that you were this this geek nerd type and, and that you really enjoyed writing. And then at what point did you get where it was like, I've, I'm, I'm doing this full time now. I, I, I'm, you know, I'm going to, going to make the commitment and, and, and do it, mm-hmm. you know, cause, cause a lot of people, that's what happens. You know, they, they like, for instance, if they're trying to be a real estate agent or something like that, they may they may dabble in real estate and keep their job until they get to the point where now they're getting so many clients. It's like, now I got to do one or the other. You know, I'm, I'm getting so busy. Mm-hmm. I mean, have, are you at that point right now? So and it, that is a very good and interesting question. I have always been of the, the geeky persuasion and I've always enjoyed writing. Even growing up, I would, I'd write all kinds of silly stuff. I wrote Final Fantasy three fan fiction growing up. I mean, just... You know, all kinds of stuff. Um, but I would say what you could call kind of the the tipping point for me was graduate school. Uh, I was in graduate school to get my doctorate in experimental psychology. Um, and there was just a certain point where I was kind of just weighing the the amount of effort to be expended towards getting a doctorate and being sort of a full college professor or bowing out with a master's degree and kind of stopping halfway through the program so that I could focus more of my time towards writing, which is what I opted to do. I, I stopped with a master's degree in experimental psychology and I still, I'm, I teach psychology even now, ironically, a large portion of my uh, pay as a psychology professor goes towards my student loans. So, uh, but I, I do make a, a full-time living as a writer and I feel like, uh, that can be traced back to my choice to, um, get that advanced degree. I mean, that's one thing that I, there's, there's a great quote from Bill Watterson about how there is nothing wrong with building a life that gives yourself the time to work towards the thing that you're truly passionate about. 
I mean, being a cartoonist for him doing a Calvin and Hobbes, that meant that he was at home a lot. That meant to the outside person, it probably looked odd, made him look like he was unemployed. Um, but it was a type of work that he was truly passionate about. And the same thing goes for, for me, uh, being a writer, being kind of an unusual career that I have to explain to a lot of people, like what I do on a daily basis. Um, and something that I had to make a very active choice to do uh, during graduate school. Wow. So let me ask you a question because I, I, I'm just going to throw this out there because I'm curious, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, so, because uh, I know, I know your father mm -hmm. is in is 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 he he's a doctorate of uh, psychology as well. Is that correct? Yes. So, uh, what was his take on that? Whenever you said, "Hey, I'm not gonna I'm, this uh, this is where I'm at." Oh, he was super supportive. I have I am very fortunate. I have incredibly lovely parents who've never been anything but just wonderful and supportive to me. So, I mean, I could have probably told them that. I want to be a circus clown or, you know, something like that. No offense to circus clowns there. I'm sure there's a lot of lovely professional circus clowns. I have, I have but a no, they, I have wonderful, so wonderful your phone parents. Rings so, yeah, they, they both they have been Alex, nothing but supportive. Alex, this is somebody time. from some company. Very cool. I'll let you fill in that blank later. Mm -hmm. And they say, we watched uh, or we read uh, Kill the Freshman. We really liked what you did. And we want you to write an original graphic novel about our character, Blink. Like, is there any DC or Marvel or whatever character that, like, in, in, like, a dream scenario that they'd call you up and say, we want you to write a story? X-Men. 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 Yeah. I, I have... The X-Men have, of all the, the superhero pantheon, I would say they've always been my my favorites because I feel like superheroes, a lot of them kind of have an underdog quality. Spider-Man, Peter Parker's just always getting crapped on in his daily life. There's like, there's a lot of underdogs, but especially with the X-Men being kind of these minority superheroes. Um, I've always, I've always been drawn to that quality to them. They're, they're also a much more diverse group. They're also a much more representative group. I mean, you have a ton of like women and people of color on the X team. And I, I have always thought that that was just really cool. And it's just a bunch of really cool characters. And also, uh, as a kid, I was lucky enough to be a young kid when, like, Batman the Animated Series and the 90s X-Men cartoon were on. Um, and I became super obsessed with those. X-Men so, are the best. Uh, but, I yeah, X-Men. Well. If it was some, like, is licensed there, property, if I got to pick, it would definitely be the X-Men. Wow. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I love them. That's a great question. Um, so if we're talking dream team, mine would probably mm. be Wolverine mm -hmm. because you pretty much can't do X-Men without him. I mean, I love yeah, Wolverine. I if I could choose to leave him off, I probably would because he gets enough coverage as it is. But I feel like Marvel probably wouldn't let me. But Nightcrawler, Colossus. Well, not not right this second. Yeah, I know. But, you know, it people always come back from that kind of thing. So, uh, but Nightcrawler, Colossus, Kitty Pride. I love those three. I love them in Excalibur. I'd love him for some X-Men. Uh, Psylocke, probably Emma Frost, maybe Mystique. Just mix up the team a little bit. Add a little, uh, add a little somewhat oh, evil people on there, I think would be really interesting. Um, but as far as like number one X-Person <laughs> Nightcrawler, that's my boy. Me too. As much, you know, I, I was talking with somebody the other day, as much as I've loved the 
X-Men films, I feel like, or at least some of the X films, I feel like a lot of the best X-Men characters have not been well represented. Halle Berry's depiction of Storm is not at all this, the awesome, strong, complicated woman, woman we see in the comics. And the same thing goes for Nightcrawler and X-Men 2. X-Men 2 is a kick-ass movie that I've probably seen 30 times, but that kind of dorky, awkward guy is just not Nightcrawler, the the upbeat, yeah. I, I would complicated, like to see some more swashbuckling he was one of my hero. For a I love time. that guy. The weirdest thing was that Jake Gyllenhaal movie like called Nightcrawler. Well like <laughs> that, that didn't that that make any sense. That threw me off so bad because I saw, I saw it like in movies coming up this year. And like, I was like, oh my god, it's a Nightcrawler movie. I got so oh, excited. Yeah. And then I found out what it really was. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> I know. I... I, I <laughs> I was like waiting for him to turn into no. the superhero no. at some point. I'm he like, okay, I don't know that much about the origin of Nightcrawler, so I'm yeah. thinking, okay, you know, maybe he was a photographer like Peter Parker. I don't. It's know. like when James he Cameron released Avatar and people were like, no, there's an anime called yeah. Avatar. And he's like, well, right. yeah, well, I found that out <laughs> later. Based <laughs> <laughs> like, on this original name idea, what do you mean it's going to be confusing to people? No. Yeah, it wasn't. It went on to make the most money ever. Yeah, and he's only going to make like five more. Only, only, only eighteen more of those movies. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, I need. I would love to see more Nightcrawler represented in the films. Yeah, for sure, and just and just more X Men in general. I mean, if if. If you're not one of the white boys in the X team, the movies have generally not done a great job of representing you. I mean, Wolverine has kind of been the lead for like seven yeah. of them, and Hugh Jackman is transcendent as Wolverine, but it's also like, okay. Like there's all we, these other X Men characters, like the new X Men and the young X Men well. and Let's all see. those that we haven't no. seen yet, and they're all great. No, all that mostly. said, all that said, I really do want a Quicksilver movie. Because I really like yeah. Quicksilver, and I'd want a whole movie where like every other scene is slow motion. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! You know, I can't, I can't get enough of slow motion. You know, that would get not for me. After I would two love two hours. No, nope. totally great. It's like this movie would have been ten minutes without yeah, slow motion. I, I, I like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I I would love. I would love Quicksilver as well. Right, He's also yeah. another good example. I mean, uh, Evan Peters is really funny as Quicksilver, but, like, that guy that he plays is not at all the Quicksilver from the comics, you know? Like, the Quicksilver from the comics, like, kind of his, one of his defining traits is the the ego that he has from having that super speed all the time. Uh, one of the best sequences I've ever seen of him is this sequence where he's in therapy and he's talking to his therapist, Doc Sampson, and he's saying about how he's like, have you ever been in line at the ATM and the person in front of you doesn't know how to use it and they're moving so slowly and it's driving you crazy. Mm. He's like, that is my life. Yeah. Every second of every day, yeah. I feel yeah, like I'm really caught cool. in the ATM exactly behind someone who go. doesn't know how to use it. It's like, that is a classic for it. I remember, it's from this comic, this number, this scene. This Yeah. That should be a TV series. I just want to throw that yep. out there. Talk All the superheroes that come in to talk yes, about their problems I, with them. I feel very among my people. Very yeah. nice. Yes. Well, I'm hoping that we mentioned this. I mentioned this in the So Wizard. Uh, they're talking about making oh, a dude, Jessica totally, Jones-like yeah, series for amazing. regular TV right after Inhumans tanks, but they give it two seasons. <laughs> uh, <laughs> She-Hulk as a lawyer. It's just her career as a lawyer, and she hulks out sometimes. <laughs> oh, my God. That's 
<laughs> yeah, I'm all about that. That'd be great. <laughs> Dude, I'm so on board. I mean. Yeah, but she's yeah. always yeah. in Hulk mode. I mean, she's always yeah, she's gonna have to, yeah. I mean, She would have to have incredible control as a lawyer, she's right? Because no yeah. lawyers kind of get angry. That's not her you know, secret. Regularly, anyway. She's just always green. Yeah, it's not a secret. It's pretty out there. Yeah. <laughs> so if you had to leave one piece of advice about people about living a full nerdy life, what yeah, would it be? Because we're, we're towards the end of the show now. Um, one singular piece of advice to people to live a, a good nerdy life. I often, if I can ask something approximating that, I will often yes. back to the wise words of Bill S. Preston Esquire and Ted Theodore Logan. Be excellent to each other. <laughs> and party on, dude! <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Uh, yeah, just well. Thanks just so much for being on our show. Try, and try to have a good time and enjoy yeah. life, and help others to enjoy yeah, their good. lives as well. <laughs> Very cool. And uh, go through all the ways people can hey, find you again: Twitter, or Facebook, or yes. whatever. Yeah, this was really fun. This was really fun. Uh, so you can find me on Twitter. That's my primary online presence. I am. At Rocket Llama. You can also find me at rocketlama.com. I'm not as chatty well, there because add, that's my website. But on Twitter, you, on you Twitter can right now. tweet what, nice what or not so nice things at me as a lot of the internet often often I am the worst. We will share it in the show notes. Nice. I think. Well, yeah, I'm, thanks so much for being on our show. I tell you what would be the worst any, host is if I'm not already following you. We, we, we hit the, the road. Yeah, you got any recommendations for people? Maybe some things they've missed thanks out there that you think should get more attention? Go yes, for it. Yes, do it. Oh. Um, let's see. I can run through a bunch of graphic novels real quick based on. Um, 100 Greatest Graphic Novels. If you like horror, there is, first of all, Junji Ito is the master of manga horror. He has horror books like Uzumaki, aka Spiral, uh, Gyo, The Death Stench Creeps, uh, Tomi. He is just phenomenal. It is, it's mind-blowing horror that lingers with you for days and is it's often disgusting in the most <laughs> unbelievable <laughs> ways. I mean, he, he knows how to draw a snail in a way that's so anatomically correct that it, it, it's disturbing. Um, so, yeah, if you, if you like horror, I, I love Junji Ito. Uh, there's also Emily Carroll's Through the Woods. Uh, that's another really good horror graphic novel. Um as far as non-horror graphic novels, uh, of course, Scott Pilgrim is another one that I love. Scott Pilgrim was kind of a backbone of the 100 Greatest Graphic Novels. Uh, Nimona is another really good one. Super Mutant Magic Academy uh, by the Tamaki Cousins. That's another fantastic graphic novel. Um, those are my kind of quick recommendations right off the bat. 
Very well, cool. I and just I, followed you. And so. I did just confirm we do follow each other on Twitter. Oh, okay, good. I, I was kind of yeah. scared for a second that yeah. I was like, whenever Desmond said that, I was like, man, that, that looks like a show. Especially, especially being with yeah. Nerdspan and everything like that. Right, yeah. right. And I'll just give a shout out to five guys. I had a great burger there before I came on the show. No problem. Happy to do yeah, it. Thanks, Alex. Nice. Oh, oh one more thing I, I could add. Uh, if you are, if anybody is going to, Austin Wizard World or Oklahoma City Wizard World in the next yeah, couple of months. Yeah, I will be there yeah. doing panels at a booth selling area. books. So it's true. come on by and yeah. make funny faces at me and maybe yeah. buy a it's book. It's like three hours away. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for being on our show. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Yeah, go do and, all the things. Uh, we'll see you all in the next episode. Pew, pew. There you go.